in a world where some of the greatest motion pictures ever made are reaching their 30th anniversaries. One group of friends gathered together to pay tribute to these films. Pat Cantagallo. Jason Kao. Jeff Mazuka, Dennis Matouche. John Reed. Bo Warbold. Each week, they feature one movie that reminds us why we fell in love with these films in the first place. This year, we travel back in time to 1984 and 1985. You're listening to the 30-something Movie Podcast. Good afternoon, morning, evening, whatever time it is you're listening to this and wherever you are when you're listening to this podcast. I'm your host, John Reed, and it's time to rock it from the convenience store that got shot up to the 6th Street Viaduct in Los Angeles. But I digress. Coming back real quick to let you know that, again, this episode, it's going to be myself, Pat, and Bo. Uh, we've got Jason, Dennis are out of town. Uh, once again, Jeff apparently thinks that uh, getting married is an excuse not to be here. So uh, hopefully we'll get all those guys back pretty soon. And something I've been meaning to do for a while, but I uh, kept forgetting about it. Um, I'm going to sacrifice my usual spiel about how you can donate to us or find us on Facebook and Twitter this time uh, to give a nice big shout out and a thank you and a little plug to a uh, t-shirt printing business called Fast Yeti Tees. Um, they helped out with some stuff when my dad was in the hospital just before he passed away. And uh, I'm going to give them a big shout out. So check out their website if you're looking to order some t-shirts. They are great. They are fast. Um, and they just happen to be family as well. But uh, Fast Yeti Tees. That's F-A-S-T-Y-E-T-I-T-E-E-S dot com. Or they're on Twitter at Fast Yeti. Last week we had a really weird, crazy movie with Brazil. And we're moving into one that's got televangelists, aliens, repo men, the Brothers Hermanos, I don't know, you pick something, this movie's got it. Uh, but if you like Pulp Fiction, this would be a great one to give a try. Uh, we're going to be talking about Repo Man. So sit back, relax, and whatever you do, do not look in the trunk. What you got in the trunk? You don't want to look in there. Suppose you're thinking about a plate of shrimp. Suddenly somebody will say like plate or shrimp or plate of shrimp out of the blue, no explanation. No point in looking for one either. It's all part of a cosmic unconsciousness. You read a lot of acid, Miller, back in the hippie days? Put it on a plate, son. You'll enjoy it more. Couldn't enjoy it anymore, Mom. Mm-mm-mm. This is swell. What's this? <laughs> Charming friends you got there, Otto. Thanks. I made it myself. I had a lobotomy in the end. Lobotomy? 
Isn't that for loonies? Not at all. A friend of mine had one. I do my best thinking on the bus. That's how come I don't drive, see? You don't even know how to drive. I don't want to know how. I don't want to learn, see? The more you drive, the less intelligent you are. time is going to be Repo Man, which came out March 2nd, 1984, incidentally the 148th anniversary of Texas Independence. See, I did have a connection to Texas there. There it is. Mm -hmm. Wow. There it is. Got it. Uh, directed and written by Alex Cox. That's that's okay. You can send your fan mail to at 30podcast or 30podcast or facebook.com slash 30podcast. If you like what you're hearing so much, feel free to donate the30podcast.podbean.com and click on Be My Patron. And Bo just spilled popcorn all over the place. Thanks a lot, Bo. All over John's <laughs> new office. That's all right. It's new to me. The budget for this one was $1.5 The box, off was, box office was a whopping $3.8 Starring Harry Dean Stanton as Bud, uh, who was also Brett in Alien and Paul in The Last Temptation of Christ. Um, Emilio Estevez as Otto Maddox, who's also in The Outsiders and Breakfast Club, which we've already talked about this year. Uh, Tracy Walter as Miller. He was Malik in Conan the Destroyer, which we've also talked about this year. And Bob the Goon in Batman. Olivia Barish as Layla. And Cy Richardson as Light. Rotten Tomatoes gave this one. Critics gave it a 98%. Audience gave it a 79%. Roger Ebert gave it 3 out of 4 stars. And... I don't know how you summarize this movie, so I'm going to steal the summary from Rotten Tomatoes. Mm -hmm. Quote, Repo Man is many things. An alien invasion film, a punk rock musical, a send-up of consumerism. One thing it isn't is boring. End quote. Then I'm also going to quote the character of Miller. The life of a Repo Man is always intense. I think that sums up the movie pretty well. Mm -hmm. I, I, I'm just going to throw something out there with the critics thing. Is okay, and maybe the, it'll come out in the discussion. But obviously, in the in the we discussed um, last week or last time or last whatever we discussed the um, Brazil, and there were different layers and different levels. And it was oh, maybe you saw this. Oh, maybe you saw this. Oh, maybe he's just doing it to be weird. Well, no, maybe it. W so I could see where critics would get into it because there's a bunch of different angles. But I've got to be honest. I, I, like I watched this movie, and. You know, the big joke is, you know, I, I didn't get the never-ending story. Mm -hmm. In this movie, I watched it, and I just thought, okay, this is just really weird, and, mm -hmm. you know, some guy just threw it out there, and maybe this was this guy's first attempt at a movie, or maybe it was only whatever. But now seeing that critic score of 98%, now I'm beginning to think, did I miss something with this? I mean, why? <laughs> how did that get a 98% and fill in the blank get something less I, I don't what am I what what, what did I miss when I, know, I see that I don't know that you score. missed anything with Repo Man okay there, there might have been some other deeper stuff going on in right. in Brazil and but. so I picked that up but mm -hmm. you said this this one Repo Man was 98% critic mm -hmm. score right so yeah. what, did, what did I miss that these critics are seeing like I don't <laughs> is this movie a product of it's time yes 
so that the critics. He's already Alex Cox has already said he doesn't think this movie could get made today. He thinks he thinks it's too political. Now I think there's plenty of other political movies out there, but he claims that this movie is too political to get made today. I'd agree with that. The other thing I feel like is he certainly wouldn't make it for a million and then have three million dollars come in. Right. I mean, obviously the budget wasn't huge. You could tell, but I mean. When you start out at a million dollars, it's pretty easy to make your money back. Right. But again, I think it's a product of its time. It's the it's the mid eighties. You've come out of. You've recently come out of a gas crisis. You were in the middle of a cold war. Radiation, secrets, and aliens are all the rage. And this movie has it all. And. I think you were also talking about a time in the 80s when L.A. itself was this mysterious other world that mm-hmm. people didn't really know. And maybe that's it. Maybe it was the politics and the, for lack of a better term, message of mm-hmm. the film that the critics were drawn to. We'll have a little bit yeah. of background on this one, so this this may kind of fill in some of our discussion okay. as we go along. But some of the background info that I was able to find... Um, the script is based on Cox's experience driving around L.A. with his neighbor, who was a repo man. Uh, Cox apprenticed under him for a little while. The script was packaged with a four-page comic to entice potential investors. They didn't quite think putting the script in just on its own would do it. They wanted to throw in some visuals and say, here's the look we're looking I mean, because it is a very visual mm-hmm. movie, mm-hmm. as all movies should be visual. Um, but they threw in this little comic because they're like, well, this this is the vibe that we want to come across with this. And maybe the script itself won't get that across, so we're going to package that in there. Yeah. Um, the person that ended up agreeing to produce the film was Michael Nesmith from The Monkees, which I think is just hilarious. <laughs> That's outstanding. This started as a student film. Right. Uh, this started as a student film at UCLA. Um, most of the casting was done through friends and acquaintances, and then they actually got it picked up and, and got the $1.5 million as their budget. Um, originally, Dick Rude, who played Duke in the movie, was going to be Otto. And then they said, well, we want Emilio Estevez in there to bring a little bit of a little bit of star power. Not that Emilio Estevez was a huge star at that point, but he had been in a few things. So. Hey, they were still able to make the movie for 1.5. That's impressive. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kevin, um, the actor Xander Schloss, um, who played Kevin, has been suggested as an influence for Napoleon Dynamite. Um, which you see right away in those first mm-hmm. scenes at the at the grocery mm-hmm. store. Uh, Alex Cox said the movie probably would, couldn't get made today because it's too political. We already said that one. Uh, no one would sponsor or do product placement for this movie, so all the foods and goods have very plain, generic labels on them, which Alex Cox then said, well, that worked out pretty well because this is kind of a... We're kind of poking fun at consumerism anyway, so yeah. it's, say, I it's kind of funny that we have... You would have thought they'd do that on purpose, uh-huh. and it really wasn't. They At first, they couldn't get anybody to do it, so they just slapped on these labels, and they thought... Well, if we get product placement, you know, money, we'll put better label. We'll put the real labels on there later, and that never happened. Uh, Harry Dean Stanton, who played Bud, uh, he's apparently a bit of a prima donna, stormed off the set several times. Alex Cox wanted to fire him, but instead wrote him out of several scenes. Uh, one of my favorite scenes where uh, Light is um, Otto goes to the house to repo one of the cars, and he starts getting shot at. And light comes out of the car, and he starts firing yeah. his gun into the house. Originally, that was supposed to be Bud. Okay. But I guess Harry Dean Stanton had stormed off the set and like complained about something and stormed off the set. So Alex Cox was like, "Fine, I'll just put light in some of these scenes. I'll put Cy Richardson yeah. in this scene instead of you because I don't want to deal with you right now." He wanted to fire him, but the studio wouldn't let him. So huh. 
They just kind of reworked some of those scenes. The original ending had the Rodriguez brothers, the uh, Hermanos Rodriguez, um, opening the trunk and L.A. goes up in a mushroom cloud. Um, they were told by Michael Nesmith that Universal wanted it rewritten because they didn't want L.A. destroyed in the end of the movie. Uh, one idea that Alex Cox had for a sequel was for to have Otto return and seek his revenge on the other four Repo Men. Um, that never quite got off the ground. And that they had filmed some scenes at the 6th Street Viaduct in Los Angeles where they also did Thunder Road for Greece and T2 for the uh, motorcycle semi-truck chase scene. So... This was my first time seeing this movie. I had never seen Repo Man before. Um, I had seen it on lists before of influential movies of you know the '80s, and and it was you know a lot of our other movies had kind of gone down the list, and we'd said, "Oh, that's a big movie. Oh, that's a huge pop culture thing. Oh, that's a." And then there was Repo Man. I'm like, "Well, we got to throw some of these in, yeah. like some ones that mm-hmm. other people have said you got to see this. This is a great movie, but wouldn't be like on your list of." When you think 1984, I, Repo Man is not one I'm just going to list off the top of my head no. with movies. So this was my first time seeing it, and I liked it. I mean, I liked it. You know, we talked last time about um, Brazil, and usually I like you know Terry Gilliam and, and some of his other movies. But if we're talking about the the four movies we kind of looked at for this month, um, I like this one better than I like Brazil. And if we want to talk about like weird kind of weird movies that are a little off. Um, I think I would choose this one over Brazil if I was going to go back and, and re-watch it. It had kind of a kind of a Pulp Fiction vibe to it. We kind of were talking about that before well, we started the recording. the trunk and the glowing right. light. Right. And... What do you got in the trunk? Yeah. Oh. You don't want to look yeah. in there. Yeah. You know, like, I knew at that point, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the Marcellus Wallace Wh- briefcase thing. W- were there... Were those the aliens in there? That's supposed to be the alien corpse. Right. Yeah. Right. Because they're, they're dead, but they still... Yeah. What does she keep they're saying? They're giving off the uh, they're radiation. They're still irradiated. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and there's even a... And that, by the way... There was a radio. Like, you overheard something on a radio at one mm-hmm. point talking about Roswell, New Mexico. Yeah. And the idea that, you know, he maybe he drove this up from New Mexico with the aliens in the trunk. And, uh, and Which, now, by the way, is the one thing I remember that tells me I might have seen this movie before, is I... Vividly remember the glowing green car. Okay. Okay, and I'm just going to ask, <clears throat> why could no one else touch the car except him and Emilio Estevez? Or no, not him. They uh, could. The they just couldn't look in the trunk. But then everyone else was trying to get in the car at the end, and they well, were all, at the like, end it was so irradiated well, yeah. that you couldn't touch well, it. Why were those two okay? They're special. Exactly. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> That's cool. I'm yeah. down with that. That's yeah. good. That's good. Because <clears throat> he's the repo man. Because right. he's the repo man. All right. And, now, and that's where I. It happens. It happens sometimes. It happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's, that's like a line for. It's one of the lines from the movie. It happens it is, sometimes. It happens People sometimes. just explode. Natural causes. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. The. It's a repo thing. Yeah. You wouldn't understand. Right. And I'm gonna. I'm gonna throw this out there. And again, I'm, I'm hitting it from the angle of I'm. I'm just not sure if I'm seeing it on the level that the, these other intellectuals are, are seeing it. When when we talked <clears throat> at the last podcast, you mentioned that okay, you know, Repo Man is just rife with political commentary and everything. And there's going to be no way that we can avoid it. And I guess that that maybe that skewed my uh, expectations. But like, I went into it thinking, okay, is this going to be 
a debate about Reaganomics. Okay. Is this going to be, is Iran-Contra going to come in here? Okay, is, you know, and then I'm thinking, and then maybe I wasn't thinking political, you know, discussion of the day, and then I thought, is this going to be a debate? Uh, and then it was like, I'm really not seeing... I, I, I the, wasn't the seeing political part. the political part. And then I thought it was the food. Okay, well, all right, maybe that's the angle is the consumerism mm -hmm. and, and all that kind of thing. But then I heard that that was almost by accident or by happenstance. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay, you know, I read that, okay, they had to go with the generic look. Um, the, the, the look of it was, I think, by accident, which they ended up using right. to their benefit. Which I remember generic things, you know, and, mm -hmm. and I remember that, like, we'd get, like, chips or we'd get something. And I remember that. It was, like, the black line with a green stripe mm -hmm. underneath it, and it would just It just say, said chips. Just say <laughs> chips and all that. And I give my mom a hard time. She's like, okay, well, I was trying to, you know, I was trying to budget some things, you know. And, and, it was, and then I think back, like, chips are really chips, I right. mean, you know. But uh, anyways, that was, that was my struggle with the movie is, yeah, it was... Again, kind of the the same thing is okay. It, it was fun and it was different and it was odd and it, it was a student movie. It started that way. Yeah, and I, I I guess that would make sense in terms of you know we're just gonna try a whole bunch of stuff and okay, well that will influence this director and that influence that. Well, and you have the like the politics of the Repo Men. They they existed because of. They exist because of consumerism, okay. and the whole idea that well, you just you just keep buying and buying and buying, and you give your money away to all this other stuff, and you can't afford to pay your bills now. Well, we're gonna we're gonna enforce, we're we're gonna take this consumerism. We're gonna make sure that we enforce it. You know, hey, we don't care that you can't pay your bills. That's that's not our problem. Um, then you have the the like his parents were like the zombies sitting in front of the TV watching the televangelist. We just asking, gave all of your mm -hmm. money. Yeah, I, just, I want I want my money now, and we we gave it all away. We didn't think you'd mind. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I think some of it it's it's not overt, but it's there. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. And, and I think that's what happened. Is I was expecting like a different angle. I wasn't expecting just commentaries on. I was expecting. I don't know. I, I don't know what I was expecting. But it, it, it that's what just kind of was like a curveball. It was. It, it didn't quite hit the same angle. I was. That I was expecting to see. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, I thought there were a couple things that I thought were kind of funny in here. The when he starts reciting the repo code mm -hmm. to him, it's like the three laws of robotics from mm -hmm. sci-fi stories. You know, shall do no harm, and the yeah. Yeah. Really like that part. Um, <laughs> I like that. I'm not, I won't repeat it here, but the John Wayne conversation. I did think yes. that one was kind of funny. Which apparently I didn't have this in in my notes. Um, I thought maybe I did. Uh, was supposedly a true story that Alex Cox overheard from somebody that was on the set. Somebody working on the set said, "Yeah, I know a guy that installs windows and mirrors." And he went and installed, um, you know, some at, at John Wayne's house. And he he showed up in a dress at the door. <laughs> and Alex Cox is. Okay, I'll put it in the movie. I'm yeah. using that. That's going in. I have That's to use that. In. Interesting. Um, and I do like the I, one of my one of the lines that just made me laugh out loud, and it's almost kind of a throwaway thing. If, you, if you're not paying attention, you don't even notice it. When they're at the Helping Hand Acceptance Corporation, which I think is a great name for the repo, yes, repo business, yeah. <laughs> and everybody's just been shot up, and there's those two agents in there, and is it Marlene? I think was the receptionist's name. Mm -hmm. um, 
she's like fighting them off and she's got a chair. Yeah. And she's got the one guy on the ground and she picks up the chair like she's going to throw it at him and you don't see the guy but all you hear is not my face. Not my face. And then she throws the chair down and the next thing you hear is my face. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> yeah. And, and was, he shows there up. Weren't, the... There weren't like a lot of like laugh out loud parts yeah. but like little things like that where if you're you know if you're, if you're not quick enough you might miss right. might miss that little comment here or there. Well, just that first scene with Emilio Estevez and the, hey, kid, you want to drive my old lady's car for me? Just that, the whole thing, you're, you're watching, you're going, what is happening? Yeah. And then they start talking, and you're like, wow, that was funny. Yeah. <laughs> like, not laugh out loud, ha ha, funny, but that was funny. Yeah. Now, one of the problems that I had with this movie was Layla. Mm. She looked like she was 10. Yeah. I, I, I didn't want to see scenes where they were, you know, having some extracurricular activities or things like that. On her way to work? She, because she, right. Because she looked like a 10-year-old to me. Yeah. That, like, that in particular took me out of the movie real fast. I'm like, no, 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 no. Was there, a, was there a, a problem with that in the 80s? Was he trying to make a commentary on that? I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. No, that that part I was I was not a fan of. I think they probably could have cast somebody a little different for, for that one, but... Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and I love the line, the uh, Hermanos Rodriguez do not approve of drugs, and he takes a hit from his joint. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, yeah, that was that, <laughs> was that was pretty funny. And then Marlene does too. She's like, neither do I, but it's my birthday. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which apparently now that's a that's a thing. The the guy who was playing, and I forget his first name, the character's first name, um, but the guy who was playing the Hermanos Rodriguez that said that, mm-hmm. he said that he would now have like in Los Angeles. He'd have, um, you know, people like he'd go somewhere and there'd be, um, you know, somebody who's a Latino would walk up to him and they would say that line to him. Or like they'd say, hey, you know, we were with some of our buddies and, and we were all, you know, lighting up and, and uh, you know, we then we say that every time that we light up and we, we smoke. And, yeah. and and he's like, I didn't know it got to be that big of a deal. But like people would say that to him all the time. He'd walk up and be like, yeah. hey, hermanos Rodriguez do not approve of drugs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they do I. It's <laughs> but it's my birthday. But when I watch this movie, it was like I'd be sitting there watching it. You, tr- you drive, you drive off the. I drove off the road. Drive off for yeah. too long, and you yeah. you get less intelligent. That's right. Well, no, I I, I watched it, and then it was kind of like twenty minutes had gone by, and I was thinking about something else. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, uh, what what did I miss? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. And I mean, again, I. With Rebo Man, that's how you felt with. With Repo Watch Man. It, really? Okay. Yeah. Because that's, that's how I felt with Brazil. Okay. But with Repo Man, I'm watching I'm like, okay, this is weird. Yeah. This is messed up. And it was for me, like I said before, for me, it was like it was like Pulp Fiction. Okay. I was like, I want to see, like, I'm getting the, the music vibe from Pulp Fiction. Okay. I, I almost feel like, you know, he must have sat, Quentin Tarantino must have sat down and watched Repo Man, like, right before he sat down to write Pulp yeah. Fiction. Because I'm listening to the soundtrack. I'm, you know, watching them drive around in the car all the time. Right. And, you know, I... Can fly TNT. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm almost like you could, you could in some ways, if you want to remake Repo Man, you just take out Cy Richardson, who played Light, and drop in Sam Jackson. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they're very similar characters. Yeah. I, you know what, and it's funny because didn't... Uh... Pulp Fiction didn't it start. He has the de- definition of Pulp Fiction or yeah. like little short mm-hmm. stories. That, yep. And and that's kind of that's kind of where I went with this movie was it was just kind of a short story mm-hmm. of it's just there and okay that's weird cool okay you know they fly around in the car at the end and right. you know Bob's your uncle and there it is mm-hmm. uh, you know I, but and I think what happened was as I was kind of 
expecting something a little bit different. Mm -hmm. And so when that, I was kind of waiting for that to kick in, or I was just waiting for something different. So I, I was kind of, eh, take it or leave it. I don't know if I would watch this one again to try and get the deeper meaning or do whatever. Like the, right. after hearing the discussion with um, Brazil, yeah, I, I want to check that out. You know, I want to check. This was like, all right, that was just kind mm -hmm. of a. Yeah, okay. I, want, I watched it, it once. I'm good now. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of, but but it's funny because we kind of took a little jaunt there off track, and um, that's kind of what my brain would do when I was watching this. I'd just think about other movies, and then mm -hmm. okay, all right, now I'm back. What's what's going on? You know, yeah. and so that's cool. I I would agree. It's not one to go back to and watch for a deeper meaning. I think the the part of it being that its deeper meaning is so rooted in the politics of the mid '80s. Mm -hmm. That I think it's kind of tough to approach it now. In Los Angeles. Right, <laughs> I exactly. That, I think if you lived in Los Angeles, you might watch this like every year. Right, because I think some of that Hermano, uh, Hermanos Rodriguez stuff, if you lived in LA and you knew what was going on in LA, LA at the time, you would know someone mm -hmm. who was that. Okay. It would be something you would attach to, but I think it's hard for us to attach to it because it's yeah. so far removed. I mean, we were three. It's not like the poli some of us were three. Yeah. Um, the politics of the time, I, I, I think, just escapes us a yeah. little bit. Um, but I will say, I went in predisposed to enjoying a little bit of it because I oddly like, always have, when Emilio Estevez was young and doing movies like this, I have enjoyed a lot of his older work. One of my favorites is a movie called Men at Work. Mm -hmm. And it is a dumb movie. <laughs> but it's fun. Yeah. yeah. And while I didn't think this was dumb, I sort of had that same feeling. I'm like, this is solid. Like, the acting's good. The story's good. I can I can see the political connections they're making. They're not really, you know, hitting home with me. Yeah. And I'm not going to come back and, and this is not a, a regular watch for me. But right. it was good. It, yeah. it was better than I thought it was going to be yeah. when it started. I was like... What am I watching? But and then I saw the glowing car, and I'm like, oh, I think I've seen this before. Mm -hmm. Well, and I, I think this was, and I forgot to look up like how long this movie was. I th was it? I think it was maybe like a an hour and a half. I would say this was a solid ninety minute, it, yeah. give or take. But I mean, and this was the solid and, ninety minutes, and, and that was the amount of time that I wish Brazil had been. Right. You know, not to keep harping on Brazil, but mm -hmm. at the same time, like this is kind of what I had. Yeah, ninety two minutes. Yeah. When I'm thinking of like weird, quirky movies, ninety minutes, hundred minutes, give me that, and I'm okay. When Brazil went on for like two hours and fifteen mm -hmm. minutes, two hours and ten minutes, whatever it was, you know, that kind of pulled me out a little bit. But, and I did like how this one, and sometimes I like some of these older movies that they really don't have the big name actors in. Mm. Like you see those guys, you're like, I know that guy from that movie. I don't know what movie it is, but I know that guy from that movie. Or I'm looking at uh, Bud, and I'm like, where have I seen Bud before? Alien. He was an alien. He was yeah. the, okay. That's well, where I've seen him before. Pulled us off by our John. I was saying, right. wasn't that guy? Didn't that guy? Wasn't he on a TV show? Or maybe right. I'm thinking of something. Had that very experience. Right. Yeah. You want? I want to say this is the first month. No, probably Red Dawn. Red Dawn would have been the first one. Like, this is probably one of the first months where we've had a bunch of R-rated movies. Mm -hmm. Between yeah. between Brazil, Repo Man, so, and uh, Terminator. And. I, we talked about ratings a while back, and I forgot to bring it up with Brazil, so I'll bring it up with this. Not, I think the rating scale has, has varied immensely over the years. 
what gave what pushed it over to R? Because as I'm watching it, I'm thinking, okay, it's an R-rated movie, blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. But in 1984, what pushed it over into R? Yeah, because we had that. It was I want to say it was a gosh, could have been two months ago now when we had that deep conversation about PG-13 versus PG because mm-hmm. it didn't exist back then and whatever. Right. I mean, I'm always intrigued that if they pay, if they sent this to standards and practices today, what are they going to stamp on this movie? Is it language and violence? It must be. Yeah. yeah. And while I, and, and, and what's interesting which, to me is, is I feel like language and violence is all of a sudden more acceptable right. now. Mm-hmm. And, well, which is funny and because... sexual content has gone the other way. Right. Like yeah. a great one is Kentucky Fried Movie, I think, is a PG thirteen of all things, <laughs> and it just doesn't make sense. <laughs> right. But what are you gonna do? <laughs> no. Well and it's funny, the the scene in the convenience store where they've got the shootout yeah. and you see people you know, you see people getting shot and you see they're they're shooting into the generic foods and the mm-hmm. alcohol and the everything else. That he did that on purpose, where you have that one shot where I think it was Bud gets shot, and it hits a ketchup bottle, and he did that on purpose to kind of skew the line between is that blood or is it ketchup? Mm-hmm. You know, you can't give me, you know, don't give me an R rating because he shot a ketchup bottle. That's not blood splattering everywhere. That's ketchup splattering everywhere. So I think there were some things that he tried to do, maybe to get, you know, I don't know if it was to get a lower rating or to uh, if they thought the movie was too violent to begin with and maybe yeah. he was trying to tone some stuff down but I remember, remember reading somewhere that he did that on purpose like there's a reason that it shot into a ketchup bottle was yeah. to kind of make the that audience sense, or make yeah. the critics think you know this, well, this it's not that violent it was ketchup yeah and, and the whole I, I'm that's going to be that's going to be the episode title now it's not, not violent, violent it's ketchup it's ketchup, ketchup. Yeah. Yeah. It, this is, is going to get into the whole you know discussion about discussion about ratings and all that but I, I think, you know, I just keep, you know, and I'll, I'll, I'll bring up the movie uh, Titanic, okay? Because mm-hmm. there was supposed to be, you know, there was some full frontal nudity. And yes, people there were was. just I remember there was a, a strong... Uh, but it was, it was tasteful. It was tasteful. Well, and there was a strong, like, well, how come that didn't get an R rating for that one scene mm-hmm. alone? And there's this, and there's that, and there's the other thing. and But then, you know, we've got all this violence that mm-hmm. can go in to PG-13 movies and we don't ever question well should that be R it's like oh well, that's, eh, that's your point I know yeah, it, it's it's like hey we we, we got it we, we, we got it in there we got the violence in it I mean whether it's a ketchup bottle or not there's still people being gunned down right it blows so, my mind the way those and, things have skewed over the years yeah and, I, and, and what what we're it. willing to and like that's where I say you know if you, and this is all for kids and if do you want kids seeing that or do you want kids not seeing that and mm. You know, it just goes back to, you know, do you, do you trust some rating thing or trust some corporate mm-hmm. or whatever to say, well, this movie's okay for your kids. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as a society, it's just interesting to note that we tolerate that a lot mu- a lot better than mm-hmm. the other thing. And, I mean, I, I know I'm going to... Not that I'm against... Not that I'm against violence. I mean, mm-hmm. I love the movie Commando. Hey, it's great. Right. Let's see the good good old shoot 'em up I heard it was awesome. But, yeah, you know, it was awesome, all right. <laughs> you know, look at the... Uh, you know what was it? Uh, look at the Super Bowl where um, mm-hmm. Justin Timberlake and and um, yeah Janet Jackson. Janet Jackson. I mean that was oh my gosh that was terrible. Can you believe that you know this and it was all done so fast. It was like I didn't even see what the big deal was. Mm-hmm. Yet we're really okay watching you know football where guys are going out there and just mm-hmm. you know pounding well, the heck out of each other. But then and I'm maybe I'm going if, to, maybe if Justin and Janet had punched each other. Well there you go. Okay. Well. It, and then you have you have that other line now. It seems to me that what's acceptable in a movie versus what's acceptable on TV. Yeah, mm-hmm. 
you're going to get an R rating in a movie and you're going to get a TVMA, but there's a different line. Yeah. The rating systems don't line up to the point where it makes any sense. And it seems, I, I know it's not, I know there are guidelines because I know I've read about how, you know, you can say certain words X amount of times before your rating jumps yeah. up, which is ridiculous, but mm-hmm. that's not part of it. It seems so arbitrary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And look, watching a movie like this, I'm going, meh. Yeah. And part of that is me. I'm, you know, I'm in my 30s. I don't have kids, so I'm sort of just. Right. I'm watching it, going, what, what? Right. Well, and and before I get, you know, our <clears throat> listening audience, to, you know, coming after me because I took a shot of football. I, I, hey, man, football, that's great. Go sports. But uh, yeah, but then let's say take out, you know, football and put in a heavyweight boxing match. You know, or would you put UFC on with the same people that were sitting there watching a football game and cheering and this is great and this is the this is the American pastime. Okay, let's watch a UFC fight. Oh man, that's barbaric. <laughs> really. And you know it's and that's kind of the thing that, it, 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 like you said, it, it seems arbitrary. It's I just don't like the hypocrisy of one mm. over the other. And it's just interesting that of everything that you might see in that game that you'd be you know upset about, you get upset about you know possibly a shot of someone's cle- you know someone's you know private area that oh my god my fourteen year old kid or my eight year old kid would have seen it, but seeing two guys beat each other down. You, oh, were, well, you, you were talking football. I thought you were going to say cleats. Cleats. Shot up right. somebody's that's right. cleats. Right. Yeah. So, I, I, yeah, and that's where, you know, whether it's, whether it's ketchup or not, you know, someone's still getting... Yeah. Yeah. So, anyways, I... I well, if you'd like to lambast Pat for his views, you can give us a call. <laughs> Come on, our voicemail line. Our voicemail line is 872-35-MOVIE. That's 872-356-6843. So feel free to give a call. If nothing else, you can hear me try to be the movie phone guy. All right. Was there anything else for Repo Man? Did you guys have a favorite scene, favorite line that we haven't talked about yet? The glowing car floats away. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. that's classic right there. I like the... Was it a mosh pit? Was that what they were all like when they were listening to music and just kind of pushing each other around and all that mm-hmm. kind of thing? Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I thought that scene was, was kind of cool. fun. Yeah. yeah. I, probably my favorite scene is when he when they do pull up to the one house and he's trying to go get the car and the uh, and they start shooting out the window and the light shows up. Yeah, and he, just, and, <laughs> and he start, and it's got blanks in it, but yeah. he starts firing off the gun. Like, You're still on the job, white boy. Get in the car. <laughs> yeah, here's yeah. your Sam Jackson. I want to I want to find a way to use that line somewhere. Yeah, in, in a way that doesn't get me in trouble. But <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like that's a line that I can use somewhere else in life. You're still on the job, white boy. Get in the car. I don't know. I'll, I'll figure out some way to use that so I don't get in trouble or fired. The one that hit me after you said I won't that. use it with students. We'll put it that way. That's probably a good idea. You're not doing your homework? <laughs> Crazy light. 
We can't just shoot into people's houses. I mean, we'd be shot the guy. What if it be it? Well, I don't know. I mean, that's pretty severe. Hey, blanks get the job done, too. When he's repoing the car from the grandma and the boys come home. Yes. <laughs> That's it. And, and the car won't start. Right. <laughs> Who are these? It was up on the wheel stands. Yeah. Uh-huh. It was, oh my gosh, that's right. <laughs> Who, who's this? <laughs> these are my son. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that was good. That's good. That was a good scene. All right. Well, that'll do it for Repo Man. Uh, join us again next time when we will be discussing Terminator. Really? You missed the opportunity? Hmm? We'll be back. You guys. I'm gonna, why don't I do that? Oh, fine. I, you had a perfect Hold opportunity. On. Shut up. All right. So what was your next favorite scene from Repo Man? <laughs> <laughs> why don't you just tell me that? Why don't you just tell me how I should end the show? <laughs> I will. Thank you very right. much. As per Bo's request, I will end the show by saying, if you come join us next time, we will be discussing The Terminator. Don't worry. We'll be back. <laughs> Are you happy now? Yeah, actually. Okay, great. As I had mentioned, next time we will be back to discuss the movie Terminator. We'll be back to discuss the movie Terminator. In the meantime, if you get some feedback for us, uh, we are already kind of lining up our next few uh, episodes. So if you get any feedback for us, the next few episodes that we'll be recording uh, over the course of the next probably three to four weeks, uh, we're going to be looking at Karate Kid, Rocky IV, Beverly Hills Cop, and Clue. So those will be our episodes coming up in September. If you get some feedback for those, uh, feel free to get in touch with us either through the voicemail line, 872-35-MOVIE, 872-356-6843. We also on Twitter... At 30 Podcast, Facebook, 30podcast.facebook.com. You can also reach us, listen to episodes, and reach our crowdfunding page by going to the30podcast.podbean.com. The crowdfunding page is the link that says uh, Be My Patron. So if you click on that, it'll take you to the crowdfunding page and tell you a little bit about us and why we're doing what we're doing. And if you'd like to support us financially, then feel free to go ahead and do that on there. Um, Again, as we always say, it doesn't cost much to do this, but there is a little bit of a cost. So if we just had a few people um, throw a little bit that way each month, that would all be covered, and we can keep bringing you this podcast. We're going to keep bringing you this podcast anyway, but if you appreciate and like what you're hearing, um, we love your support through the downloads and the listening. But if you feel like the need to... uh, support financially then we've got that source as well in the meantime again we're going to be coming back next time with terminator and then following up in two weeks with back to the future and whatever you do don't ever forget these words to live by hermanos rodriguez don't approve drugs neither do i but it's my birthday